0: Can both teams be disappointed in a series result? We're going to unpack why both the Reds and the Cardinals really aren't happy about the four games that they just played at Great American Ballpark on today's Locked On Reds and Locked On Cardinals crossover. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast,
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Gar, I'm host co-host one half of the Lockdown Reds podcast and alongside me is JD Haffron from Lockdown Cardinals. Hello everybody.
1: Yes uh what an odd series like I, I feels like nobody won because yeah, we didn't it, we split it, but it just doesn't seem like anybody's happy about it.
0: No and I think it's an American attitude right we hate ties there's no reason to tie in anything that's why we're having such a trouble with soccer and really embracing that sport but Uh, I think overall, just the expectations for both teams and how they change throughout the series and things like that uh, are a big reason why both teams' fan bases really feel that way. We're going to unpack that. We're going to look at a couple of guys that impressed us on both sides of the dugout and uh, what happens moving forward for both of our ball clubs. Uh, Before we get into that, though, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Manage those unwanted subscriptions that you didn't realize you had. And get your spending in control by going to rocketmoney.com/slash on mlb. And where we want to start off here, JD, is the fact that coming into the series, the Cardinals were the hottest team in baseball. And coming into the series, the Reds had just got swept by the Yankees. So really, I was looking at this from a Reds perspective and saying, let's just split. Let's see if we can work a split out of the series. And they did that. And yet somehow I'm still not quite there, but the Cardinals disappointment is pretty evident.
1: Yeah. Cause uh, you were coming off of winning three or four over the Dodgers. So the, the yeah. Cardinals were really feeling good about themselves. Like, you know, they had beaten some teams that were, they're all right. You know, Boston's all right. You know, they're not great. They're not first place teams, but the Dodgers at the time were leading the entire national league. They had the best record and uh, to take three or four, that really gave the team a, a lot of momentum. Now, here's the thing: they are in the midst; they're on the back end now of playing 19 games in 19 days. It is a grueling, grueling portion of their schedule right now. And when you look at this Cardinals ball club, they're they're not a, a bunch of young kids out there. You know, these guys are most of them 30 and older. You've got a you know Wainwright is in his 40s, but uh, they're he's not playing every day. But when you talk about your stars, uh, guys like Paul Goldschmidt. 35 and older, you know. Uh Nolan Arenado's now 32. Uh Wilson Contreras is 31. These guys wear down after a while and you need rest. And uh, I always find it funny when fans chime in like, I can't believe they're sitting today, blah blah blah. Well, they're not robots, man. They're <laughs> <Right>. human beings.
0: <laughs> right, they they play a sport for a living. They're they're out there, I mean, they they're not out there playing at 50%. They're playing at 110% yeah. every single day and that's really where I think the disappointment crept in for me, because yeah, if you just told me beforehand, the Reds were going to split this series, I'd be like, Oh, it's a good series then. But the way that they were able to win on Wednesday night, I'm like, boy, this is something you could carry over into a day game less than whatever it was, 12 hours, eh, a little bit over 12 hours, uh, from the ending point of Wednesday night's win. And maybe you can get that third out of four games for the win. And, the reds just weren't able to do anything with runners on base. And it it was, it was part of the fatigue factors where I really wanted the reds to take advantage of that because, um, I, I kept thinking and as much as it stank to saw, uh, Graham Ashcraft struggle as much as he did, I was thinking in the back of my mind, well, Goldschmidt hit a lot in that game. Maybe we're tiring him out. Maybe this is like a <laughs> you know a heavyweight fight when you're just like taking punches and you're like, all right, you'll want to them, huh? <laughs> yeah, we're coming back. So I, I don't know. Like, I think overall, we, we saw where the Reds can absolutely get better by doing what we all think that they should do here very soon. And that's call up their top guys in CES and Ellie de la Cruz. But uh, they, they, took a step forward in the pitching department Graham Ashcraft notwithstanding so I was happy to see all of that it was just that fourth game not taking advantage of the fatigue factor and and really that's where my first shout out comes and we're going to dive more into this but Miles Michaelis was just amazing on Thursday
1: yeah he looked really really good Uh, Luke Weaver looked very very good for the Reds you know they were both filling up the strike zone and uh For some reason, neither team was uh, ready to hit that day. It it was a little bit bizarre, but uh, I I wanted to get back to the where um, the energy that it takes, like when you you know how it is when you come off a a big win and a big high of beating the Dodgers and then you got to get in the into the into the car, you got to go to the airport and then you go to Cincinnati, which is a place that, you know, you you heard the Adam Wainwright talking about it, the devil's lair, as they like to call it, because (laughs) They just really don't play all that great in Cincinnati. Uh, they just haven't. Um, I've seen a lot of games in that ballpark with the Cardinals. And I would I would think lately it seems like the Reds win more than they lose against St. Louis at Great American Ballpark. It's a different story when you get to St. Louis where right. the Cardinals have kind of dominated the Reds over the years. But at GABP, man, it's a, it's a different story. The weird things happen and, um, you know, they, the, the Reds were able to win that first one in extra innings. And, um, you know, that takes a little steam out of your step mm. going into the next day. The Cardinals are able to, to pull off the win. But game three, uh, Steven Matz just gets shelled. You know, the, the the Reds do exactly what most teams do against Steven Matz, and that's obliterate him and just hit him all over the yard. Uh, so much that, uh, you know, our right fielder is over there tossing balls into the first <laughs> row for you, you know? Like, hey, can, you, can we get this guy out of here already? Mercado's like, I've seen enough. Get it out of here. Helps McLean out on that one. And uh, you just knew after that play that that was just not going to be their night. And then when you saw the lineup on Thursday and you're like, oh, boy. And Cardinal fans were not happy. They're like, oh, we're just giving up. We're just going to give them the series. And then, lo and behold, <laughs> they end up pulling out a win in that one. That What's the phrase? That's just baseball. That's, That's just baseball. baseball. So, yeah, frustrating, I would think, uh, for the for the Reds fans on Thursday, Cardinals fans kind of like going, Shh. Got away yeah. with
0: one on Thursday. We want to talk about dropping three out of four in Cincinnati. That, that one night. Can you confirm or deny if they've like banned Cincinnati chili? Maybe that's the thing. Like they come to Cincinnati and they eat some chili and they're like, boy, oh boy, we just don't do this very often. Now we can't yeah. play. Right.
1: I don't know what it is, man. Like, uh, our own, like you'll see their numbers and like, uh, you know, Goldschmidt's hit well there, but mm-hmm. I, I've never seen Nolan Arenado do that well there since he's been in a Cardinal uniform. I don't know what his numbers were when he was with Colorado, but I don't know. I just don't see these guys. They don't just – they they just don't play that well there. It, it's, <laughs> it's a strange thing, especially in a ballpark that is a hitter-friendly ballpark, you know? Exactly. New York didn't seem to have too much trouble hitting against the Reds in the previous weekend, and uh, the Cardinals come in and they just – I don't know. I, I can't explain it, and, uh, like – you're frustrated that you went two and two where Cardinals are kind of like, all right, I can't believe we got away with getting two out of four there. That, <laughs> that, that, that feels good. I'm glad we escaped with at least two wins
0: getting out of there. Yeah. I, I was very intrigued by just how all that went down and the way that Steven Matt's and it's funny. You mentioned the, the Stephen Matt start, because I, I was saying, yeah, he's really struggled here recently and ever since he signed with the Cardinals and I said this pregame and I'm like, great. Now he's going to throw like a no hitter or something against us. But, <laughs> um, there there was uh, a, f- a commenter that I wanted to shout out that was in the comment section the other day. And it's just like, shout out to the Reds for kicking Steven Matz' Matt's butt. I love the Cardinals, but I hate that guy. And I'm so glad <laughs> that he got beat to death. And I'm like, and Mother Goose, I think, was the comment. Oh, name, okay.
1: So. Yeah, much familiar with that one. M-U-T-H-E-R is yes, how yes. uh, like to spell it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely chimes in a lot. Yeah, fans are not happy with uh, steven Matz. Matt's. They hated the signing at the time. And uh, so far... Oh he hasn't been very good. Uh, The only way that he has been good was after he hurt his knee in Cincinnati last year, he was pitching very well in that game. Hurts his knee has to go into a relief role. And actually was pretty good out of the bullpen last year when he was coming back from that injury. Um, I just released an episode yesterday on lockdown Cardinals talking about maybe it's time to just take him out of the rotation, see what he can do out of the bullpen. Uh, He's making $11 million. It's kind of expensive for a relief pitcher, but if he's killing you as a starter, like what's the point in having him in there every fifth day to just lose? You know, he's only right. six this year. His ERA is over five. They're two and eight in games that he's pitched in as a starter what are we doing here? Like it's time. And I think they're going to do that with uh, Matthew Libertor who uh, pitched very well in his first start since being brought up from Memphis. He'll actually start tonight on Friday night in Cleveland. And uh, I think if he pitches well again, and after they get through this stretch where it's 19 games in 19 days, uh, they've got, I believe six more before it's all wrapped up, maybe five. Um, If he pitches well, I don't know how you send him back down and put Steven Matz out there and say, we're trying to win just doesn't, Makes sense. Doesn't add up.
0: My gosh, you could uh, you could replace Stephen Matz with Mike Miner, and you would have been talking about the same person. I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> not on this team anymore. Uh, but I tell you what, talking about some struggling performances, there were some guys that impressed us, and I mentioned Miles Michaelis, but there was somebody else who really stuck out to me on the Cardinals' side of things. We're going to talk about that, and who impressed on the Red side as well. We're talking about that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you. About one of the sponsors of today's crossover podcast, and that is Bird Dogs, the most comfortable pair of shorts you will ever wear. And I stopped short of saying that's a guarantee, JD, but I'm telling you what, man, I have never put on a pair of shorts that are more comfortable than Bird Dogs.
1: Now, question uh, Do you have the liner inside yours, or did you go liner free? You do. I I was was nervous the first time I put them on. I was like, oh boy, I actually had boxers on underneath and was like, okay, here we go. And I'm like, I'm doing something wrong here. And then, <laughs> and then when I did it without the boxers, I was like, I get it now. Okay. Yes. And yeah, you, you couldn't be more right, dude. They're fantastic. Warm to the game yesterday. And uh, my favorite thing about them was because they're light. And so you don't get all sweaty sitting there. I mean, I was out in the sun exactly. third base side for three hours yesterday and never felt uncomfortable or was hot or anything like that. Beautiful day at the ballpark and it didn't hurt to have my bird dogs on.
0: And the great thing is if you go from the ballpark to Jeff Ruby's with your bird dogs on, you don't feel like you're like getting away with just being super underdressed because they look nice too. You can wear your bird dogs in any situation. And kind of like one of the reasons I got the liner is I was told you can get in a pool, get out of the pool and go out to eat. And nobody's going to look at you any differently. I've got a pair of shorts that aren't swim trunks that my wife always thinks are swim trunks. So It's always a struggle to find the right kind of comfort and the right kind of look and bird dogs gives that to you
1: absolutely and think about you talking about pools this weekend that's when all the pools are opening up all the public ones mine just opened up today i'm definitely going to be jumping in with my bird dogs at some point this summer i know oh yeah
0: get get you some bird dogs go to birddogs.com locked on mlb and you can use the promo code locked on mlb to get a free getty style tumbler that's maybe it's got the bird dogs logo on it very nice uh take I've it to it the pool it. take it yeah. to the pool with exactly. you exactly <laughs> and, and, and yeah you can put your favorite drink inside that's birddogs.com slash locked on mlb and the promo code locked on mlb also you can catch every pitch of the reds or the cardinals hometown broadcast as the cardinals head north to cleveland and the reds head north to chicago uh, on sirius xm just download the sxm app and search reds Cardinals also got a shout out the other day. Uh, said that somebody heard the lockdown Reds ad on the Sirius XM broadcast of the Reds game. So I know people are hearing JD's voice on Cardinals broadcasts too. Yeah, it was
1: uh, kind of nice over uh, this past week uh, at GABP. I had a uh, you know because the Cardinals travel well, especially to Cincinnati, because they got a lot of fans. In ohio and in indiana and kentucky oh, yeah. and they all made the trek and uh, a lot of people stopping up and saying hi and i'm just like how do you know it's me and i'm like right. oh yeah we <laughs> all the youtube stuff too i'm like yeah so uh i, I appreciate all of the guys and gals who uh, were able to stop by and say hi man you guys are great
0: and if you are an everydayer let us know down in the comment section because we appreciate our everydayers and uh, as we've got things going on this weekend we are going to be all over our team series because we are part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. And you know, JD every day, when I was watching this series, all four games, one dude stuck out to me and I'll talk about miles Michaelis in a minute on Thursday because that dude stuck out to me like crazy, but Nolan Gorman is just absolutely. Going off. And I know that he's on a career high hitting streak. He's, he's hitting the ball super well. And for the most part, the reds were able to limit the damage that he could do to him, but they couldn't keep him off the base, the base paths. Easy for me to say. Uh, but the talent has really started to show through for him. He's a guy that they've really wanted to get going.
1: Yeah, uh, they've he's now the guy in between Goldie and Arnato on most nights when they have <laughs> their full lineup there uh, that that he's earned that spot. Um, he He's taken a different approach uh, to hitting this year. He's not chasing the high pitch, which he was swinging and missing at all year last year when he was up with the Cardinals before he finally got demoted. And uh, a lot of backlash. were like, oh, no, he's never going to be good. And people wanted to kick him to the curb. They wanted to trade him for Sean Murphy. They, you know, they, they wanted to move on from him and uh, they don't understand that it takes a little patience. Like these are the best pitchers in the world that they're going up against. You know, it takes a little time for them to get adjusted. Not everybody is going to be Mike Trout and come up to the pros and just start clubbing and even mike trout struggled a little bit so you know have a show a little bit of patience and uh he worked hard this offseason you can tell he's got the tools physically he's a a very strong young man and uh he's learning to play a new position last year trying to learn how to play second base he was a third baseman the whole time but there's some guy named arnato over there so he's not (laughs) going anywhere anytime (laughs) soon so he had to learn second base he got pulled up to the to the major league level and you're gonna get upset with him because he struggles a little bit and he was still on pace to hit like 30 home runs last year. It's just the strikeouts were a big problem. And this year he's limited the amount of strikeouts he's walked more and he's becoming deadly with uh, like clutch situations. Like he has been coming through a lot. And that was one thing that, that shocked me a little bit during Thursday's game that they, they actually pitched to him after uh Newpar got that two out single in the eighth and then went to second on the wild pitch. So you had first base open and the red said, we'll take our chances. And he burned him. And I, I was shocked that that
0: happened. And I thank you, David Bell, for letting that happen. <laughs> he does a lot of those things. David Bell does. I, the, the, and 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 I get it. There's something about trying to get a relief pitcher, that one inning on the stat sheet and stuff. But he leaves guys in, you know, in between innings, like, OK, bring him in pitches a third or two thirds and then, okay, let's run him back out there. And I just, I don't know. I feel like there's been a lot of struggles with that. And Lucas Sims kind of showed that even, I mean, he had an amazing end to that seventh inning, the way he was able to get that strikeout. And then you bring him back out there and it's almost as if it's the sequel that nobody wanted. And he does that so much with different relief pitchers, but, um, Nolan Gorman was definitely a dude that stuck out to me not uh, for the clutchness, his just reliability in the batter's box for the Cardinals as a whole.
1: Yeah. He's been strong on our side of things. Uh, I had my family with them. So they always had questions like, all right, who's good on the reds who could cause they're like, everybody knows Vado, but he's out. So he's, right. like, he's like, who, who should I be aware of? Uh, the one person I'm going to speak for my mom here. Uh, who's that number six guy. He is annoying. And talking about Jonathan India. Um, And I was like, yeah, he's really good. And he's going to continue to be really, really good. Uh, That's an easy layup answer for you. But I just wanted you to know that my 70-year-old mother even pointed out that Jonathan India is annoying. If you're the opposition. So, uh, what was
0: it? Uh, was it Joey Votto's mom? That's his, that's her favorite player, <laughs> is Jonathan
1: India. <laughs> yeah. I can see why he's got cool hair. He gets clutch hits. He's always on base, it seemed like. It looks like the guy, honestly, watching that series, I, I feel like Jonathan India had nine at bats every game. He was always <laughs> yeah. up.
0: He's always up. And he, and comes he was through, up with guys so. on too. That was the great thing. Yeah.
1: Like- he was a pest. Uh, shout out to Matt McClain yep. who, uh, impressed, uh, yeah I got he needed a little help from Mercado on that home run but he he had a lot of great at bats and he's like and I I compare him to um Tyler O'Neill for the Cardinals uh not what they're doing production wise but just the physical attributes that Matt McClain has where he's a little bit shorter than O'Neill but powerful looking fast he's just got that same kind of build and he reminds me a lot of Tyler O'Neill and uh You know, O'Neal's had some moments and he had the one year where he had got MVP votes. So um, I'm excited for the future for Matt McClain for you guys. But the guy who stood out to me, Ben Lively, Ben (laughs) Lively, what? Had a great game against the Yankees coming into the series. And I pointed that out and I was like, but in his 31 years old, this guy hasn't had a lot of success anywhere. This is his second stint with the Reds and he comes out and is dominant. Yeah. Dominant.
0: I need, I need somebody, somebody needs to keep track of this because this is now the third show in a row that Ben Lively's name has come up on lockdown reds. Impressive. And if you had told me that we'd have talked about him three times all year, I'd have been mm-hmm. like, ah, no way. We ain't talking about <laughs> that guy. Like he came over, he, he was a non-roster invitee before spring training. He was a prospect in the reds organization. Once upon a time, he was traded from Marlon bird. I heard if everybody remembers him. <laughs> um, and then, you know, he goes overseas for a couple of years, figures out the whole pitching thing comes back and he just looks like a dude who could be, you know, maybe an emergency starter on a good team, a, a long relief type dude who you could uh, throw out there for multiple innings. If you have a starter struggle, I don't want to get too ahead of myself and say, yeah, he's a legitimate shot to be in this rotation as we move forward. But he is giving the reds some much needed starts. When you talk about Graham Ashcraft struggling, Nicola Dolo's on the IL and they started the season with really only three or four starters. Anyway, if you want to count Luke Weaver as a starter, the Royals didn't last year. uh, But I, I think that overall, like his last two performances have been so inspiring and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in the future. And you, you mentioned Matt McClain and I, th- I thought it was funny. I'm like, man, I'm just glad that he got his first home run off of Adam Wainwright the day before that, because <laughs> if his first career home run was going to be an alley-oop from Oscar Mercado, like, <laughs> I was like, man, that'd be something you go back and you remember and you're like, cause I think that he is going to be a pretty solid player for the, for years to come for the reds, but for him to look back and be like, yeah, my first home run was, you know, a, a an oop doop in right field, <laughs> that would be absolutely a, just hilarious to me. Especially because...
1: a guy that was clobbering the ball at AAA, and it, yeah. it has legit power. This is not some guy who has warning track power. I mean, he nope. puts the ball over the wall, and he does it pretty far. So, um, yeah, it was just one of those nights, and I was like, eh, eh, yeah, you're right. Wainwright hitting it off him, that, that's, that sounds better. That's, that's better. A future exactly. Cardinals Hall of Famer, possibly a real Hall of Famer at some point.
0: I, I could, I could definitely see that argument. And, and for me and the other guy that really stuck out to me was, it was Michaelis because looking at that lineup on Thursday, I'm like, boy, the reds should win this game. And that's all if they can score and they had their opportunities, but whenever they had their opportunities, it's like Michaelis dialed it up a notch and was just able to throw the exact right pitches, getting just weak pop-ups, weak ground balls that had no chance of doing any damage whatsoever. Like I I remember specifically the play where it was runners on first and third with, I think it was one out and Friedel is going on the, on the pitch. And the ground ball is literally hit right to the third baseman, the absolute perfect spot for the Cardinals to go. And, um, and he was able to throw him at home very easily. But it was one of those things that I looked at that play again, and I'm like, even if TJ Friedel wasn't going on contact, he would have had to commit to getting back to third base because the ball was fielded so close to third base that he literally could have just reached over and tagged him, had Friedel um, hesitated at all. So I, yeah. I thought that... You know, there were so many different cases where I'm like, I'm looking for Cardinals devil magic. I'm making sure that we're not getting any of that crap here at great American ballpark. And we weren't, it was just miles. Michael pitching really well.
1: Yeah. And he's been really well, uh, his first three, uh, games this year and appearances, like just horrible. Like where he gave mm-hmm. up five, five runs in the first two, six in the third game earned runs, wasn't going deep. And was giving up a lot of hits. And he still leads the league and hits given up. That's how bad it was early oh, on. Man. Like they and it was a lot, it wasn't always it wasn't like they were just hitting missiles off of him left and right. It was just everything fell. Like it was just it was rough to watch. And you could see the frustration on where he's like, dude, I made a perfect pitch. And things are still blooping over the first baseman and stuff like that. And he's finally figured it out and gotten back to what, what we expected him to be uh, when the Cardinals gave him that extension uh, in spring training. But, uh, yeah, he was impressive. Uh, I know the player you're talking about where it was uh, – I believe actually it was first and third and nobody out. And, yeah, it might have been – no.
0: I remember yeah. it was early on in the inning. There was a great opportunity there, and yeah. it was just
1: – And oh. it was snuffed out quickly. Yeah, Donovan uh, and Nails Frito at home, like – by a lot
0: (laughs) it really wasn't it wasn't
1: a close play and it's one of those plays too where i'll never understand because they'll tell you that's the right play by friedel uh Mm -hmm. fans will say what is he doing why is he going There are plays where if you're on third, they expect you to go on contact if it's on the ground. And that was one of those situations. I've never agreed with it. (laughs) I don't know why that is the rule, but Friedel didn't actually do anything wrong there. And And that's uh, why
0: they always bring the infielders in because they know if there's that guy on third, he's going home period mm -hmm. on contact. If, especially if he's fast enough like Friedel, but I mean, it was, it was a perfect, you know, easy fundamental field, throw to home uh, Kinzer had the plate, uh, blocked easily. And it was one of those, like I looked at, I'm like, could he have like maybe slid around in games, but no, like Kinzer was right oh, really? there. So yeah. I mean, yeah, there's no chance, but yeah, I, I, I think that overall this series definitely had its good moments. Um, and, and, and kind of looking back on it, I, I think we see the path forward for both of our teams. It's very obvious for the Reds what they need to do, obviously. Um, uh, it's going to be calling up a couple of guys, but when it comes to the Cardinals, what is the step for? We're going to talk about both what those plans look like coming up here in just a minute. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about the best way to manage your money because JD, I don't know if you, if, uh, you have this problem at all. I think most of us do where you start off a free trial of like a streaming service or something like that. And they say, Oh, we'll let you know when you can, uh, You can cancel it so you don't have to pay us anything. You get your free week and then you just totally forget about it because me and and my wife have been doing this thing where we watch the fast and furious uh, series and they're not all on the same streaming service, which I hate. So you have to go to different ones and some of them Mm -hmm. you don't subscribe to because why would you subscribe to Fubo TV? But you go there and you watch it on the free trial and then you forget about it and you pay for it. There's something that can help you out with that.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That'd be rocking money. I'm telling you, I, 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 so stars, I just found out this is not a joke. This is not me just making things up stars last night, flipping around on my Amazon prime. And it says you have a starter subscription so you can watch all of this stuff for free. And I'm like, what, when did I do that? (laughs) And I'm guessing that it's probably like 10 bucks a month. Think about that. $120 a year. What else could I be doing with that money? Spending it on maybe going to the ballpark getting a couple extra beers while i'm there a couple extra hot dogs like there's other things i'd rather be doing with my money than spending it on stars that i didn't even know i had so (laughs) rocket money is something where you just hit that cancel button and they take care of it
0: for free it's very simple and that's what you love about it because it's so easy you literally tell them yeah cancel this don't want any more they take care of the rest you don't have to go find it and all of the different websites and things like that that you have to dig through to cancel things. Some places make it just impossible to cancel. Rocket Money makes it easy. Plus, they'll help you out with some budgeting tools and great things like that to help curb your spending. So check them out today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. They save people on average $720 a year. You talked about $120 just for the one subscription. Uh, think about it. You might have multiple things that you don't even know about because we're just a society that has free trials that Kind of gets you whenever you don't pay attention to them. Rocket Money is going to help you get back the money that you didn't know you were even spending in the first place. So check it out rockamoney.com slash lockdown MLB. And don't forget, you can catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast for the Reds and Cardinals on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search Reds or Cardinals. All right. Uh, so JD, moving forward, I, I think it's clear the Reds need to call up Ellie De La Cruz and they need to call up CES. And quite frankly, I've not heard any reasons as to why they shouldn't that I agree with. Like, I I think that it's kind of elementary and we can talk about what the roster is going to look like whenever they do that. But when it comes to the Cardinals, I picked this team as much as it pains me to say to win this division this year, because I see the talent and they still have that talent. It's just, it all hasn't, clicked or something what do they need to do to get back on track
1: well honestly they've they've kind of righted the ship that they needed to slow down for a second and get back to basics because the upsetting part for it for cardinals fans is we're used to watching a particular brand of baseball and it's usually good defense good pitching good hitting like, nobody is ever, like, superstar, like, where, like, the offense is crazy good, and then you have a drop-off where pitching's terrible, and then defense is, eh, Like, there's usually just that consistency, right? right. Where they're just kind of good at everything. They're not great at everything. They're just kind of good at everything. And in the first month of April and then uh, the first couple of weeks there in May, they were bad at everything. They, <laughs> they couldn't hit. They had terrible base running, terrible defense terrible starting pitching and when anything did go right something would falter like if the starting pitching if you had a good night the bullpen would implode it was just something always every night that was off and it was the the simple things that they were doing wrong where they're you know dropping fly balls out of nowhere like (laughs) good players like Lars Newbart good defensive players like we're not talking about Juan Yepes and left who and Alec Burleson who looked terrible in the outfield. They know they're terrible in the outfield, but they wanted to get their bats in the lineup. Right. But that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about your stars. Like Tommy Edmonds won a gold glove, and he is booting the ball at second base that was costing games in in April. Like it just didn't matter. Everybody was off. It was bizarre don't have an answer for it <laughs> but they had to get back to basics and start doing the little things right and when you eliminate those mistakes you're not you're not getting blown out anymore in games now the games right. are close and you're within striking distance so that you could get a clutch hit if uh, if the offense woke up finally and the starting pitching was starting to turn around uh Steven Matz being the one outlier who just has not been able to figure it out like it's just been it's been weird that he has not been able to get one win <laughs> now right. one even in games, he does pitch well. He's had a couple of them, and they, they, he still doesn't get the win. Um, moving forward, there's nothing down at AAA that they're going to bring up that is going to change what's going on with this team. These are the guys. This is your team. Jordan Walker is not going to magically show up and just be a superstar for you in the outfield. They, he's not. They're, they've they sent him back down to work on launch angles, to, to do some things with his swing, to – Become a more powerful threat. Uh, They didn't like that. He was, he was hitting the ball, but he was hitting it on the ground a lot. Mm. And so, and I sit there and I go, okay, so this guy is already one of the elite hitters in minor league baseball. He's one of the top prospects. And now you want to tinker with a swing? Like, whoa, (laughs) what are we doing here? Are we doing too much? But I get what they're trying to do. And they're not, they don't having him up at the major league level and trying to learn this stuff is silly. You know, that, that yeah. he needs to be – the problem, That the mistake they made was that they brought him up in the first place on opening day. They should have just let him be at Memphis and let him
0: work on these things. And Well, uh, well and, and honestly, that call-up was one of the things that I looked at and I was like, okay, the Cardinals are competing for something and they're calling up their top, top prospects. The Reds aren't, mm-hmm. and they're also not calling up their top prospects at the beginning of the year. It's so, so weird to me. And and now that McLean's up here and we're, and we're looking at – you know, LA de la Cruz and CES are very close. That's where I kind of look at the differences here is kind of like you said, like the Cardinals roster is set. The Cardinals have the talent that they know they have, and they're ready to compete with that talent. The Reds are still trying to figure that out. They're still Mm -hmm. trying to figure out the core of their team, and quite frankly as far as the guys who are already up here we got to figure out what Tyler Stevenson is and it's a dive a deep dive that i want to make a little bit more next week on the pod for uh, lockdown reds every dayers but you mentioned hitting the ball on the ground too much for jordan walker it feels like tyler stevenson's doing that and i looked at his statistics i think he still has a slightly uh, more fly ball to ground ball ratio but it's like 55 to 45% and I just, I, I don't know, like the, the exit velocity's not there. The power's not there, but it all seems very similar to the way it was last year. And he had much better stats last year. So what is going on with Tyler Stevenson? And that's the biggest question there. Also outside of the big call-ups, how to Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, and Graham Ashcraft take that next step. We thought Graham Ashcraft was doing that at the beginning of the year because he had some amazing performances, but four of his last five starts have been awful. And you kind of wonder if, uh, he's got this mental block that he's trying to get past. And once he figures that out, is he going to take that next step? Hunter green, the same way, there seems to be this one thing about his game where he's trying to nibble too much or whatever it is to take that next step. He's got to do it. And of course, Nick Lodolo, he just has to get healthy. He's going to be out probably for another month or so. Uh, and, and the Reds are going to have to scramble to fill the rotation until then. And then what do young guys like Brandon Williamson have in the tank? Andrew Abbott should be up here at some point this season because he's looked phenomenal in AAA. And then Levi Stout, like poor guy, gets called up on a whim twice to pitch on like 24-hour or less than 24 hours notice. And then they send him right down afterwards, just like, this dude's making his major league debut. Let's like give him a minute to think about it here. So (laughs) I I think that you still have plenty of talent to figure out what they've got at the major league level. And as much as I love what they're doing in the wins loss column compared to last year, they're still not trying to compete for this division as much as it might look accessible. And that's kind of where I come back to the Cardinals and that they just need, one more stretch, like the, the 11 and three stretch that they just went on their last 14 games coming into Cincinnati. They do that again. They're probably on first place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was a big hole that they're digging themselves out of and it's going to take probably to July To play as good as you're saying, and that's something that I pointed out, is like not only do you have to play like elite level baseball where you're like your winning percentage is like 700, yeah, but the other people have to all lose because that's how big your hole is. Yeah, like it doesn't matter if Milwaukee keeps winning if Pittsburgh had kept winning, like it's gonna take forever to. And there's less divisional
0: games to do it with.
1: Yeah, exactly. And to to catch them. And um, it, it's it's not as easy, as you mentioned, with the, with the less amount of games against your division opponents. Um, so it's going to take some time. And that's it, what you see now is, like, you see how well the Cardinals, like, they're 11 out of 14. And they're one game out of last still. You know, <laughs> they just finally weren't in last place in the National League like a week ago. Like, it right. just finally got there. It's gonna take some time. They gotta stay healthy. Um, and they gotta figure out the Stephen Matz thing because it's just you can't keep doing that. We can't keep going around in circles here with this guy, no matter what you're paying him. Eventually, winning has to take precedent over your mistakes of spending in your free agency and giving him that amount of money. I mean, if he can be productive as a reliever, good. At least be productive because he's killing you in the starting rotation. Right. You really gotta get and they got to get healthy. Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, so you don't have to see Alec Burleson and Juan Yepes playing outfield much anymore.
0: Oof, that one, that one base running gaffe that Juan Yepes had the other day. I was just like, this is another thing. Like the Reds should yeah. win this game if he's giving yeah. them this. This out
1: like where was he going? There was a guy on second. I don't, what was he doing? Taking know, double secondary leads? Like what are you doing, Juan? I know
0: Tommy and the Cowboy described it as. And uh, Juan Yepes is napping on the base paths. And look at <laughs> yeah. that, we've got our third out of the inning.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I, it's it's dumb stuff. That was the stuff they were doing in April. But all of them <laughs> were doing that stuff. It wasn't just somebody like Juan. It was it was all of them. All right. of them were making silly mistakes like that. And
0: that's how you lose games. And. As both of our teams move forward, you can follow us every single day on Lockdown Cardinals or on Lockdown Reds to see just how our teams continue to develop. But for J.D. and myself, this has been another crossover, Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Cardinals, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day, and we look forward to seeing all of our everydayers coming up next week. As uh, we roll into Memorial Day and past, I mean, we're, we're at the first checkpoint, J.D. It's it's that time when you really start to actually start evaluating players and teams and things like that. So I know we've got a lot to talk about coming up.
1: Yes, we do. Uh, it's a long season, but we're hitting that spot in the year where, like, you know, the the contenders start to rise. Cream starts to rise, and the ones who are make-believe start to come down. So uh, it's going to stay interesting. I, that I can guarantee